DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Mauritius. Thank you for having me, Chris. The Life of St. Benedict. It has so much to teach us today because there's really nothing new under the sun, is there? (laughs) That is so true. And his life can become a model for all of us, especially the first half, the first part of his life is so exciting because you can see how he, as he wanted to grow deeper into the love of Christ, had to become detached from his parents, his father, his mother, become detached even from the church and from his culture. This is what we learned last time. He had to grow into a healthy distance uh, with his own culture as well in order to embrace this nakedness and this um, immediate being with the Lord, um, which is beyond all cultures. Anyway, the next step I want to share with you today pertains to sexuality, to how to be detached uh, from sexuality in a healthy way so that it becomes free from lust. And I would like to read to you the respective passage, which is a difficult one and caused me a headache for many, many <laughs> years. I must, I must say, and I'm not sure if I really have understood now, but... We give it a try. One day, while the saint was alone, the tempter came in the form of a little blackbird, which began to flutter in front of his face. It kept so close that he could easily have caught it in his hand. Instead, he made the sign of the cross, and the bird flew away. The moment it left, he was seized with an unusual violent temptation. The evil spirit recalled to his mind a woman he had once seen, and before he realized it, his emotions were carrying him away. Almost overcome in the struggle, he was on the point of abandoning the lonely wilderness, when suddenly, with the help of God's grace, he came to himself. Just then, he noticed a thick patch of nettles and briars next to him. Throwing his garment aside, he flung himself naked into the sharp thorns and stinging nettles. There he rolled and tossed until his whole body was in pain 
and covered with blood. Yet once he had conquered pleasure through suffering, his torn and bleeding skin served to drain off the poison of temptation from his body. Before long the pain that was burning his whole body had put out the fires of evil in his heart. It was by exchanging these two fires that he gained the victory over sin. So complete was his triumph that from then on, as he later told his disciples, he never experienced another temptation of this kind. Soon after, many forsook the world to place themselves under his guidance. For now that he was free from these temptations, he was ready to instruct others in the practice of virtue. That is why Moses commanded the Levites to begin their service when they were 25 years old and to become guardians of the sacred vessels only at the age of 50. Okay, difficult passage, I would say. Let me first say that I appreciate that um, Gregory the Great, the biographer of St. Benedict, does not circumvent a difficult topic like sexuality. I think this is a good thing, so we shouldn't leave it out in our interpretation as well. But how difficult is this passage? Aren't we happy that here we have overcome this kind of spirituality? Don't we think first, when we hear this, how he was uh, throwing himself into the thorns, think about the spirituality of the Middle Ages, where the saints would wear hair shirts and punish themselves by flagellation, all these kind of stuff. Aren't we happy that this is overcome? Aren't we a step further in the 21st century? So shouldn't we still drop this passage and say, okay, that was 5th century and now it's 21st? Hmm. I don't know. The question is, what actually happened with Benedict at that point? And as I said, it took me years and years to understand um, what Gregory the Great could have meant by telling us this story. What happened here? St. Benedict all of a sudden remembers the image of a woman. Think about that he lived in the cave already for three years, so he has withdrawn from the world that was his intention to be with God alone and only God and again with God alone. And he was detached from father, mother, culture, all of this. And he certainly wanted to be detached from his desire to be united with, with a woman. But all of a sudden, this image pops up in his mind. Hmm. I would say this is an experience that is not strange to us as well. We know what fantasies can mean. St. Benedict wanted to get away from the people in order to be separated from women so that they couldn't tempt him. But again, it doesn't matter if you go away miles and miles and miles from women. Um, you can still have them in your mind, in your memories, their image. And here's the temptation. And the temptation 
uh, brought him almost to the point to leave the cave. This is actually what the devil and the temptation always wants us. Wants us to leave our call, to go away from, from God's call. So the devil told him, hmm, think about this pretty woman. Do you remember her? She was in Rome. You saw her there and there. And he made the sign of the cross and this black bird, which is an image for the devil, flew away. But still, the temptation kept going. And as Gregory said, in an unusual, violent way. <laughs> That means if it was unusual, Benedict was kind of used to those kind of temptations. And this is just an assumption now. Maybe he could um, stay stable in these temptations. Anyway, at this point, something different happens. And Gre Gregory describes it like, with the help of God's grace, God's grace must have kind of stopped him at a point, and the response to this divine gesture was that Benedict threw off his garments, his dress, and threw himself into the thorns. Why? Why? My assumption is that this story tells about masturbation. So when he was used to this kind of temptations, maybe he was used and he didn't leave the, mon the cave in order to go back to Rome. But at this point, he wanted to do something different. He wanted to feel pain. And again, this sounds strange because we could think maybe he was not so healthy. <laughs> you know, some people who, don't, who want to experience pain, they are not healthy. Mm -mm. Here's something different. What's going on? I think the story tells about compensation. Benedict felt lonely. He had a desire for a compliment, for a human being, for a woman, for the presence and closeness of a woman, which is a natural desire, which, which can happen. But the question is how to respond to this desire. And I imagine that in the past he wanted to avoid the pain that goes with this lack of a woman. This is painful to know I am alone and I'm lonely. It's painful. And I imagine that he kind of covered this desire, but not at that point. He said, I rather, instead of compensating again, I rather now want to experience the pain. And this is why he threw himself into the thorns. It is an illusion, kind of, not to accept the pain that goes with this way of detachment that I have chosen. Now I really want to feel that it is painful to be just by myself. It is so painful. I Now I want to feel this pain. Give me this pain. He actively takes on this pain. This is why he threw, throws himself in the thorns. And afterwards we hear he 
never needed to do this again because he understood a principle. And the principle is, if God calls you to a restraint, to, um, to stay away from something for the sake of his kingdom, for the greater love, this can include suffering, tension. It doesn't feel nice. And here we come, we human beings. We try to avoid this and use compensatory uh, methods. For example, this, at this point for St. Benedict, it might be the one because it was a sexual temptation. But it can also be, for example, eating. You know, you feel pain, you feel lonely, you start eating. It can be drinking. It can be watching television. It can be browsing in the internet. This passage is about compensation. And with the help and the grace of God, stopping to compensate and to say, I want to be free. I want to be freed by Christ. I want to be detached from all of this and fully open to receive the grace and the love of God. But sometimes it takes a while until we experience this love fully. There is a period of, I don't experience anything. I feel just empty. I feel just terrible. Please, Fill this emptiness, please give me something. And I take something, whatever it is. And that helps me over this, over this emptiness. But Benedict at that time learned, no. I never will grow if I try to avoid this. Let me rather feel the pain once and acknowledge, yes, it is painful. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. 
graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildi. He may have thrown himself into thorns to help alleviate that, that struggle that he was under, undergoing. In today's world, don't we, Father Mauritius, use methods that are more damaging, potentially, not only physically, but spiritually? Like all the things that you mentioned, all the self-medicating, all the different activities in the long run, even those, those things that we do to enhance ourselves in different ways. I, when you listen to a commercial, you hear of all of the potential side effects. Why would you do something that has the ramifications could be potentially deadly? Absolutely. We are talking here about the difference between living in a world of fantasy and delusion instead of living in, living in the reality and trusting that this reality is full of God and really trusting God is there even if, if it doesn't feel nice. I so much agree, Chris, that we are so easy to numb ourselves nowadays with all kind of self-medication, you mentioned it, and even drugs. And it seems to make our life easier, but it does not because we don't go down to our reality where we are related and connected deeply with God. So we actually we avoid God when we do this. But um, we should think about it. Fantasy is always transitory. You need more and more stuff to kind of numb yourself. It's never enough. The reality, the truth, is lasting. Fantasy doesn't foster love and encounter. brings you rather away from the heart of the people. The reality and the truth fosters love and encounter and connects you in a deeper way with other people. Would you say uh, that we would be guilty of some type of ethnocentric judging if we were to just look at this and say, well, how archaic he throws himself into thorns. And yet, you know, as we just touched upon, we throw ourselves into so many things. 
at he's attempting for virtue in this. At least his motivation is not one that isn't seeking God's greater glory, ultimately. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't recommend to throw ourselves in thorns. No. <laughs> um, it is more to acknowledge if we are in pain. There are different sorts of pain and suffering. We talked about this already. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a pain that we cannot avoid and that has a deeper meaning for our life and for our vocation. And this is the only pain I talk about now. You know, if you if you have a serious health problem, you should go to the doctor and you should make sure that, uh, that the pain is will be gone at the end of the procedure. I'm more talking about pain. It's often, for example, tensions in a family, in a community, worries that you have, anxieties that you have, sadness that you have. And again, we have to figure out when we need really external help, help from outside. But still, only when I acknowledge deep in my heart that I suffer, I give God the chance to, to take away the suffering for me and become open and empty enough to receive his grace. This is what we are talking about. So um, sometimes I wonder, you know, when, when people do so much sports and, and work out there, you see them really suffer. And that that's all good. But maybe this is an expression of, you want to express your suffering in a way, you want to make it visible even to yourself. And this is what I mean by saying, acknowledging the suffering. And we have a wonderful way to do this as Christians because we have the crucifix in so many of our rooms and churches. So if you, if you just look at the suffering Christ, you know you don't have to be ashamed when you suffer. You don't, you know, Christ was in pain. It's okay if I am in pain too. Again, we shouldn't stay there. You know, we, it's not about glorifying pain, not at all. It's only um, we shouldn't avoid pain because sometimes pain is a means that drives us and is a way of, or can help us to grow and to develop. So as long as Benedict avoided this moment, you know, he never, he never became detached. He needed to acknowledge, you could even say to choose this pain. And this is what we should do too if God leads us there. Other aspects to this particular episode in Benedict's life? Yes. Um, certainly this passage speaks about sexuality and the sexual temptation. And sexuality is geared towards fruitfulness. It's all about Love and become fruitful. And compensations are never fruitful. Nothing comes out of them. You know, it doesn't lead anywhere. This is why we feel bad afterwards, besides the fact that we, that we say it is a sin. It doesn't lead anywhere. 
and now see the way of St. Benedict. After he had acknowledged this, this lack of love at that moment, being loved, all of a sudden people came and followed him. So his life became fruitful. He became father of many. Many disciples wanted to be close to him. And this we have seen already several times uh, on this journey already. He gives, he gives up something and not even a day later receives what he was desiring for. But first you have to give it up. You have to become detached. So only a sexuality that is detached in this way can become fruitful. And this is what monastic life is about and also um, or any kind of Christian life is about. Final thought? Yes, we could just ask ourselves, uh, does our life, is my life fruitful? Um, is there something going out from me that nurtures others? We could ask ourselves, where do I hinder this fruitfulness by any kind of compensation? Ask God that he gives you the courage to face the reality. The tempter makes it worse than it, re than it really is. The tempter always says, oh, you could never stand the reality. No, God's truth is not so bad. <laughs> you can bear it and you can overcome it with God's help. And finally, what I would recommend also is try to enjoy your longing. Desires that are not fulfilled are not the worst. The longing in itself is valuable. It is an expression of love. So whenever you find yourself longing, in the area of love or in other areas, thank God and ask him to make yourself and your life fruitful for many. Thank you so much, Father Mauritius. You're welcome, Chris. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, and if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.